people are getting flights. There's you can get a 11 day cruise, an 11 day cruise for five hundred dollars a person. That is so wild. What a ridiculous notion. A person. And I've been sitting here by myself for weeks, not talking to people, not going out in public. And people are being like, oh, you're such a nerd. You're such a loner. What are you doing? And now it's fucking cool and hip. And now everybody wants to fucking stay inside. And all I want to do is go out and fucking just be around people. Yeah, one time. Yeah. The one time I want to fucking go and do something fun, everybody else is just like, no, what? Nope. Now it's hip. Now it's popular to be inside. Yeah. Also, round trip flights places are dirt cheap. Yeah, but the, the second you buy, you can't buy tickets to go places because once you go to the place, everything's going to be canceled there. Yeah, you're not wrong. But now would be the perfect time to go see, like, like sight, sightseeing. Going to, like, Niagara Falls right now? Or going to see, like, the Grand Canyon or something right now? Wildly fucking no lines. Yeah. Well, you can't go to Disney World. Disney World's closed, which that is a fucking wild scenario. <laughs> Gotta love a global pandemic. And all you needed was a couple limes, and you could have solved this entire thing. <laughs> I still love how Corona was trying to get, it was like $14 million or something to pay to change it to Bud Light virus. Oh, I love that. Just imagine having to call it the Bud Light virus. That would actually be really funny. Or the Bush Light virus. Like, think of the worst possible beer. The it's Natty Light Bush virus. Light. The Natty Light virus would be it. <laughs> the, the Twisted Tea virus. Twisted. The mic's hard. <laughs> Oh, just unbearable. I'm trying to think, would I rather drink a Mike's Hard Lemonade or have the flu? And I think I'm probably picking the flu. What is up, Patient Zeros? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the guy stockpiling MTGO play points for the inevitable quarantine. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the guy hoarding beta basics instead of buying toilet paper, Matt. Matt, what is up, dude? I'm not going to lie. When I first saw that on the network, I fucking lost it. That was so fun. Yeah, you audibly laughed when you saw it. <laughs> I was like, okay, yep, he read the thing. I love that. So I know I don't get that part of it. Like people are hoarding toilet paper, the hand sanitizer and like Clorox wipes I get. What if you have to wipe your ass, dude? Apparently. Like Lauren was in uh, Walmart and the toilet paper, like so much of it was gone. And there were signs that was like one per customer, please. Oh, I, I see. I've been watching the internet and I'll watch like middle-aged white women like fight in the middle of an aisle over a roll of toilet paper Karen and death battles that shit gives me life like that is more entertaining than any ufc fight any boxing match anything i've ever seen over yeah rolls of toilet paper like canned goods gotta love it when people when toilet people paper. go crazy people go crazy gotta wipe your bum dude gotta just use whatever's on hand you still got dish rags wash your hands you filthy bastards yeah wash your hand. my favorite thing is like all of the wash your hand memes on the internet the coronavirus is a real thing that's happening. It is. It's like brutal. I have to deal with it at work, at work a lot. Cr- I mean, yeah, I can only imagine. Well, I deal with it at work because people travel across multiple states. Like we have employees that oh yeah, fly constantly. That is definitely a thing. Yeah, people traveling and uh, not knowing that they have it and then giving it to somebody else. is uh, That would be one of the reasons why we're in the spot that we're in now. Well, that and just major transportation is like a big bad sign yeah for sure i mean look at all the things that are being canceled like we like march madness is being canceled the nba is suspended until further notice the nhl is suspended until further notice they're playing games with empty and empty stadiums that is so wild to me 
And no, a lot of the NBA teams are just like straight up like the, it is canceled. Yeah, I know that the Penguins were going to play. I think at empty... this point, I don't think pe- like places are actually going to be playing their games. That's believable. Well, did you see <laughs> the one basketball guy? I can't remember his name. Um, he's on the Utah Jazz, I believe. I don't even know if that's a real team. I don't watch basketball. That's a real team. Um, I just don't know anything about basketball. Homie was like making light of this coronavirus thing and like got up from his like at post-game press conference and made it a point to touch all of the mics and the table that he was sitting at. Two days later, confirmed had coronavirus. <laughs> well, that's just karma for being a dipshit. <laughs> yeah. Like you just like you're begging for it. Yeah, it's like licking handrails. Like, okay, you get what you deserve. Play dumb games, you're going to win dumb prizes. That's very true. I've never heard a more true statement in my entire life. But yeah, everything's being canceled, man. Um, Including Magic the Gathering things. <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, Jeremy from Missouri MTG had to cancel his 20K Legacy, I think it was. Yeah, and like he the was big Legacy tournament that he's been organizing. Personally, he was going through and texting people, like, apologizing. From a sold-out massive event, like that is the epitome of customer service. Well, he got like death. It's like okay, stay fucking classy. Well, he was getting death threats after he was like personally texting people. Like who, who threatens somebody because they text you and say, "Hey, this event's not going on. Here's your money back." So it's like you're literally losing nothing from that interaction, and then you're gonna threaten the guy giving you your money back. He should just honestly be like, "All right, well, go fuck yourself." Like, that is just such a wild take. Like, imagine that the hill, you, that's the hill you die on. Yeah, that's, it's wild. But yeah, so yeah, smaller tournament organizers, yeah, like Missouri MTG are canceling their large events. But even the big boys, like CFB, all of the GPs, pretty much until further notice, have been completely canceled. Which I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, in Wizards too, like, they're canceling the players tour stuff like the finals in houston that's canceled well those are the best place well the best quote unquote those are like the highest risk yeah i like the rpts um and all of the other like mythic invitational stuff all of those are being canceled and or being like rescheduled if they can't like actually cancel the things i think they are doing online events and i know there were people complaining about wanting like higher higher stakes online events being put on and Twitter recently, like after they made the announcement, people on Twitter were even saying, or Wizards, the Magic Online Twitter, even said, hey, uh, who would be into us putting out Vintage Cube right now? That would be perfect. Do you I'm know how like, many people whoa. are like quarantined or like can't do what they wanted to do on weekends? Yeah, and even not even like people quarantined, just like that gives you something to do to not leave the house. Yeah. Like you motherfuckers don't even have to be quarantined. If you release a vintage cube, I'm fucking quarantining myself. Like, I'm going to be pissing in fucking water bottles <laughs> next to my desk. Like, oh, yeah. Sorry, boss. Can't like come in. Microwave, like, food. Like, I'm, I am trying to cut out everything else in my life or shorten it to the smallest amount so I can just sit at my computer and vintage cube as much as I possibly can. Yeah, we're doing that. Um, we're making people work remote, which they can. There's a lot of times there's no point to be in the office except for some, like, face-to-face meetings. But 90% of the things can be done from a computer. Yeah, this is making a million people realize that, oh, emails are just so much more effective than some of the fucking meetings that you have to go to. Or you can do it on a call. Yeah, or yeah, you can conference call things. Like, this is this is forcing people into the technology that they should have been using for months. No, years. Yeah, 
You're not wrong. I mean, I do see a lot of people like getting really bummed out about the events being canceled. And like, sure. Yeah, that part sucks. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, it's either but, that or you get sick. So and all of these things are you're going to be reimbursed for if you've already paid for it. I'm assuming. Yeah. Like, I don't know how CFE is working it out. I'm sure they're going to be doing something with it. Um, like we've already mentioned with Jeremy from Missouri, he's like refunding everybody and doing the going through and texting everybody individually. Personally, he's doing it himself. He's not making saying, hey, go do this. Yeah, he's not just like getting. No, he's doing it himself because it was his event. And he's just like taking the onus on himself. And that takes a lot of fucking courage on his behalf. To be like, mm, this event that would make me a ton of fucking money. Well, I don't even know how much money he's making off it, but this event that um that sold out within like minutes and had like a five hundred person waiting list, I have to throw I have to cancel it. Yeah. Like that sucks big time. And that had to have been a fucking awful decision, but I think it's the right one. Yeah, for sure it is. You don't want people getting sick and be like, Oh, everyone here, you probably have corona. No, and here's the thing. How many new magic players? are going to be birthed from uh, quarantines from this. Like them just having to be home and having to figure out something to do and they just jump on and they discover Magic Arena. Yeah, that's true. Like we're just going to get a big bump. The cor- the Corona bump, as us in the industry want to refer to it as. Yeah, just <laughs> fucking <laughs> content being consumed at a higher rate. Oh, why is that? Yeah, I mean, all the content creators out there, uh, there are so many people that I follow who are like going in on streaming during this time because there's gonna be so many more eyes well that and there's nothing else to fucking do exactly yeah like people are going to be home they're going to be doing nothing so like the honestly the people who are doing all the streams and like doubling down on the content that they're producing yeah good on them because i mean one you have to fill your time up with something and, and other people not that? Have to fill their time up with something if they do vintage cube i will there's a good chance that i just end up like streaming just for the fuck of it. Yeah, people are going to be around, and I will 1,000% be playing that anyway, so might as well just throw it out there into the world. Yeah, for real. Yeah, so that is a huge change. I don't, And we don't, we haven't had anything like this in Magic, like, ever. No, like not that I can remember. Like a widespread cancellation. So, like, this is something completely new, and I don't know how this is going to affect Magic as a whole. Like, I can't imagine CFB's back very pleased by this. Well, no, they're just losing money. Everyone's losing money who's, like, yeah. a... Yeah, that's who it really affects. I mean, it doesn't really affect Wizards at all because all of all the digital things, all of the Pro Tour stuff, they already play on Arena anyway. They just can't have everybody in one place, so they can't really broadcast it, and that's where they're losing it, and that's why they're postponing. Well, no, they did uh, broadcast the PT, I guess. Yeah, but even that was, like, Arena-based. Yeah, I guess it's a lot harder to do when you're not in the same room. You could do it, but be a little more difficult. But if this is, like, our lives for the foreseeable future, this has a i mean it has an impact on things outside of magic big time i'd say at least the next two three months yeah so i'm interested to see that what actual what the extent of the impact is for this for like how long it's going to be because like you said it's almost it's guaranteed for probably at least two months and there's a good chance it goes longer at a minimum yeah it could even be longer than that yeah so what impact that has on like competitive play and how wizards decides to react with that not to mention the impact it has on things outside of our fucking child's card game. Yeah, like flights, cruises, like everything is so cheap. Yeah. Or it's expensive, like hand sanitizer. Like everyone sold out of like hand sanitizer, Clorox, Lysol. Yeah, and if this like goes on for months, like people are going to be running out of the important shit that they need to, you know, survive. A lot of question marks. It's just an initial spike for that kind of stuff. Depending on how long it goes, though. 
And if people are like not working, not being able to pay for things. Well, what they'll do is I know that I forget what country it was. They're like giving money for people to stay home, to not get sick and continue to spread the virus. But is that country America and will America ever do that is the big question. Is giving money to small businesses since they're not getting as much business and they're getting fucking wrecked and not making as much money as they normally do. But my thing is how sustainable is any of like any kind of subsidy, especially if this goes on for a very long time. Not sustainable for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. The coin is still in the air for this stuff. And who the fuck knows? I Not I. Time shall tell. Time will 100% tell. That is for sure. But you know, it's something that we do know. The band and restricted. You nailed it. Oh, my God. I knew you were going. Wavelength. We are on the same one. I know. I'm starting to catch when you're setting stuff up. Oh, I love it. You're starting. You're learning. You're evolving. That's so sick. <laughs> but yeah. You said you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, well, obviously you can. You just proved that stereotype that wrong. Did. Look at you breaking down boundaries. Just proving stereotypes. Proud of you, Matt. We did it. Yeah, but ban restricted announcements. Um, This was a surprising one. Very, in my opinion. Yeah, this threw a lot of people some curveballs. The one thing that did happen with this ban and restricted announcement that really threw me for a loop is how fucking little complaining I heard about it. Yeah, I didn't really hear people bitching about it too much. Maybe I just was on the wrong wavelength of people, but I didn't hear. For the first half of Monday... Like, people were just like, oh, well, that's something that we did not get any Pioneer bands. But outside of that, like, everybody just kind of let it pass quietly in the night. And I'm like, whoa, for something that hit so many different formats, this really did not make waves. And I don't know if that's... A lot of these were either doesn't matter or expected. That's true. We did get some bands and formats that, like, are not particularly prevalent. Like, we got... Some suspensions and some unsuspensions in Historic for all the 15 people who play Historic. That's pretty important. Yeah, um, I didn't even know what that was until I asked you and you told me what it was. Yeah, and then Brawl also got a banning. So Gol- uh, Golos was banned in Brawl. And then Historic, Oko, Once Upon a Time, and Veil of Summer were banned. Weird. And then uh, Field of the Dead went from suspended to 100% legal. Is Historic a singleton format or no um yeah it is it's weird that it was suspended to begin with as a one-off but whatever yeah it's i'm not entirely sure how that works i think it's like a watch list kind of deal yeah the suspended thing is like hey we're gonna see like these are kind of banned for the time being i guess i don't I honestly yeah don't they're know. like it's they're they're unnoticed but yeah the, so the historic and brawl bands i mean i don't think anybody really was impacted by that and maybe the people who were i'm sorry if i'm collecting your love for formats that i've never played but uh sure i mean i'm sure those formats needed it if uh wizards paying that close attention to these two formats that nobody cares about uh good on them but we did get bands in actual factual i know you're not talking about legacy being an actual factual format oh legacy is the most actual factual format i mean wizards might not think so but at least they're paying attention they're actually so, yeah. listening to the Fetch and Shock podcast when I said Apparently, that Underworld Breach needed to be banned. I think everyone thought that Underworld Breach needed to be banned in Legacy. That well, with Lion's Eye Diamond is just like, okay, we get it. Well, the thing that happened that I was laughing at when uh, Underworld Breach was announced banned, there were some like very high-level pros, one of which was the Italian Stallion himself, going on and saying, oh, I don't think that, I think they should have let this card exist in the format for 
a little bit longer. Like this was a pretty hasty band. Like Andrea Mangucci went on Twitter and said that LSV went on Twitter and said something uh, similar. And then they just caught absolutely buried by from people who actually play the format consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, no shit. It's like Brian. Oh, hey, let's have a four of in this format and this deck, a better version of Yogmas will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Brian Cook went on both of their Twitters and just like laid out very specifically and in a nice way too. He's not like he like shit on them, like said, Hey, you're a fucking idiot. Here's why you're an idiot. He went on and explained like, no, this really needed to happen. And this is why. And he is, I am going to say probably the best combo player in the entire format of Legacy. He is the best eternal player. Unbelievably good. He crushes legacy and vintage. And he crushes vintage. So he was on there like talking to them about it. And he was just like, no, but here's seriously, here's the deal. This deck was better than when you had four LEDs, Yawgmoss, Will, and Vintage. Like, that deck that was really dominant and powerful, uh, this deck would crush it. That's how good this Breach deck was. From what I have heard and read, um, you also need a permanent exile effect, which isn't very common in Legacy. Uh, one of the bigger things, besides You're Rest right. in Peace, obviously, uh, Tormod's Crypt was a big use. But there's so... also, that deck can just beat you through some of the hate cards. Yeah, they have bounce spells and counter spells. And they also they just, just kill you. Have, yeah, they just have the ability just to whittle you down and just kill you with a grindy game. Yeah, that, I mean, that deck was just obviously too good. So I'm glad Breach is gone. I, we called it last week. We knew it was going to happen. So we were at least one for one with that one. Um, and another one that we said last week was Once once Upon a Time in Modern. Yeah, which I think that needed to go. It was just making... It was getting to the point where decks were playing that card for that card. It's not like, oh, hey, yeah. I'm playing a green deck where this is going to be super helpful. No. Tr- Colorless Eldrazi Tron was playing and splashing one for it. Yeah, just to one, one be able to cast to make it, green maybe? Mana. Yeah, because the cast the second copy. Yeah, and it also helps that they were playing that basic in a world where uh, Field of the Dead exists. And or not like Field of the Dead, Blood Field of Ruin. Yeah, yeah, Field of Ruin. So, like, you, they feel to ruin your Tron land, and then you're just like, oh, I'll go get my green source, and then just cast uh, Once Upon a Time, and then find the Tron land out of that that you just killed, and then play it, and then uh, do the thing. Plus Titan. And... Yeah, that card's just, like, so unbelievably good. There were some uh, players... Actually, I played Magic last night. Uh, I drafted last night with uh, the Evansburg crew. And, I mean, like, Dirk, Dirk, if you're listening... Uh, Infect is not quite dead yet, but he was just like, wow, they killed the deck that I play. And I'm like, they did not kill Infect, dude. <laughs> uh, if anything killed Infect, it was Get Probe. Yeah, and but I honestly think... But it's not dead. Once Upon a Time being in that deck was just better than Gitaxium. A thousand percent. You can find a land. Yeah. You can find a creature for free the first time, and then just, if that deck isn't killing you, it's chipping in and just biding its time. And that's great effect to use end of turn yeah and i and i also think the in the matchups where if you're playing infect and you have once upon a time if you're playing another deck that's playing once upon a time that other deck is using that card far more effectively and it's probably making that matchup significantly worse for you yeah making a little bit more degenerate yes like once upon a time hurt infect about as much as it helped it at least in the once upon a time versus once upon a time mirror i think the biggest thing um do you have anything else on modern because i i don't i think that's a fair one i don't many people were upset with that well i think and i think i wizards might finally be learning their lesson that free spells are need to just cut it the fuck out 
or way power them down. Yeah. Or yeah, scale them way far back. I mean, I even think scaling them back might not be enough. Just stop making free spells outright. They're obviously too good. Every single time you make a free spell, it comes into the format, fucks it up. You have to ban it. And then we just repeat the process. It seems. Well, make free spells like force of negation and the force cycle. Those are perfectly fine in my opinion. I mean, and I don't even think those cards are necessarily free because you have to actually give some Use other that in a card, significant yeah. resource, which is another card. Card disadvantage for the yeah. most part. There is literally no drawback to Once Upon a Time. Correct. I would agree with you. I have a strong proponent of this card since it got spoiled. Yeah, it's fine making a card that doesn't cost mana, but make it cost something else that actually matters. Like, yeah, Phyrexian it, mana does not fall in that category because life total doesn't actually matter, but with, like... Force of Will, Force of Negation, that other card definitely matters. And I think the big part of that, it's not just discarding, it's exiling it. Yep, for like sure. That, yeah. that so it's not force, like you can the quote-unquote, the force of exile. Because then you could do degenerate shit and take advantage of discard, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you could, like, I mean, even just, like, discarding something and then being able to snap cast right back if it went to the graveyard instead of exile, like yeah. that would, that would make force of will and force of negation significantly better. Yo, hundred percent. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but I think the biggest thing was not getting any pioneer ban. Yeah. The lack of pioneer ban was what, I mean, it struck you and me, uh, as surprising, but I think in general, everybody was a little surprised by the fact that nothing from the inverter deck got banned, even though wizards explicitly said in the, in the, their description of the bannings and stuff um, against non mirror match on magic online. The inverter deck has a 49% win percentage. Oh, do you want to hear something really funny? I saw I Chris Van Meter tweet this. He's like, which one of you fools are going on and just losing like going Oh five in leagues with inverter on purpose. <laughs> just to to lower keep it. Win rate. Yeah. <laughs> Cause just I think every, someone was actually doing just it. Just for every, <laughs> every league that you go into that you four one. For every two once you get, you 0-5-1 and then just like run it back. <laughs> I thought that was real funny. That's super funny. I love that. Um, and I was the person who was saying dig or ban dig. That's perfectly fine. It, it kind of limits the effectiveness and power level of the deck without killing. Yeah. And now, and that's kind of the consensus that we came to. I mean, weeks ago, but we really talked about in depth last week where dig is the card that really makes that deck over-the-top powerful. Yeah. Getting rid of it doesn't kill it, but it does limit it a little bit. And like I said, maybe if you do get rid of Dig, it kills it, but that's giving it the fairest. And I had this discussion yesterday with Ben how the existence of that inverter deck, just in the context of the meta, at least online, from the games that he was playing, he's trying to brew decks and he's trying to have fun in that format. He doesn't want to just pick up whatever deck is at the top of the meta. It's making it hard for him to want to play that format, knowing that almost every single game you play, you're playing against a combo deck. You're either playing against Inverter, or you're playing against the Lotus deck, the Lotus or the Breach deck, or you're playing against uh, the Ballista Heliod combo. Like, almost every single match, or every single league that he's played, he said at least three to four of the games have been against combo decks. And a lot of them have been like all five games have been against combo. Yeah. Like breach is for sure. A straight, like ramp combo ballista, uh, Heliod is generally like a creature aggro combo. And then you have Demir, which is the 
mid-range control deck that has a combo finish. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with combo decks and formats, but when a format is just dominated by multiple different combo decks, that isn't a sign of a healthy at all. So what do you think? Just nuke all the combo? No, I don't even think that. I think ban... I think the, the big thing, like we talked about last week, was if you drop the hammer on uh, Dig Through Time, that takes away the best combo deck in the format, and it gives you some time to kind of let the format breathe a little bit, see what comes in, see how good Inverter is after that banning, and then see where the other two combo decks fall into line. Like, maybe when you ban Dig Through Time, maybe Heliod combo jumps to the top of the list. Or maybe... Well, I guess the mono white deck actually... From what I've read, I don't have any actual experience with this. But I guess the mono white, like Heliod aggro deck, it, de- it like just crushes the Saltai salt deck. And it has decent game against um, Inverter. Because it well, can that, put the that pressure deck has and multiple then it can angles also combo. Yeah. yeah. It can just like smash. Or if you're, if you're just ignoring the fact that they're uh, trying to combo, they can just kill you. Yeah. Which so those, that those was are the combo a, decks that are the most dangerous deck. Yeah, those are for sure the most dangerous ones. But if you don't, if you if you leave the one deck that's kind of at the top, at the top, like when does it when, when does it become too much? I, I I don't necessarily disagree with the no bans if they are trying to just be like, whoa, no, we are we are just taking the stance that we're letting this format breathe, which I think is also fine. But they need to be transparent and consistent with that. Fair. I'm fine with letting it breathe. I really am. Um, give time for people to figure it out to say, okay, well, this is a very good deck. There's no doubt. How do I beat it? I mean, what in... access do I, do I go underneath? Do I play hard control? Yeah. Do you have to tune like your sideboard to a specific portion of the combo decks or like, what do you have to do? Those are all questions that playing the format will answer. But I, in my, the closest parallel I can draw in my brain to that is when Wizards has taken like the hasty ban access of it and they ban uh, Bloodbraided Elf when in modern, when that Jun deck, the very obvious problem was Deathrite Shaman. But because it was a new card, they didn't want to touch it. So they banned Bloodbraided Elf and Bloodbraided Elf stayed on the ban list for years with it not really needing to be there. True. And then we get Bloodbraided Elf back and people are like, oh, Bloodbraided Elf, oh, I can't wait to play with it. Uh, and then two months later, you're just like, oh, Bloodbraided Elf is a medium card. It's good in what it does, but that's it. I mean, that's, and Stoneforge Mystic and Jace the Mind Sculptor too. Like those yeah. cards got unbanned. People were like, oh, very excited. Jam them for a month. And then they just fall into the the list of a million cards that are just playable in modern. Not great, not deck defining, just playable in modern. Um, you could argue that Stoneforge, you kind of have to build around a little bit, but it's a tight package. It's not like... Yeah, but it's not an like entire deck archetype. Can't be if you force it, but like you have to really be making a fucking thing about it. Yeah. And even if it's like even if it's like build around mechanic, it's not the best deck in the format. You're just having fun with Stoneforge Mystic. It's not like you're building a Stoneforge Mystic deck and then just like going and five owing every single magic online league that you jump in and you just like change the world on the back of Stoneforge. True. Like, it didn't can... really make as big of waves as people thought. Yeah, like if I wanted to, I could build a deck around uh, Soul Sisters, <laughs> like, and those True. cards are playable in modern. But I don't think I'm winning too many games with that strategy. <laughs> Not unless Burn becomes top dog. Oh yeah, Burn. What do you? Nice creature. Nice, nice lightning bolt. How about I gain fifteen life? And you're just like, fuck. Who? 
oh well <laughs> i'm dead <laughs> oh, so I definitely some some good and bad with the band overall i think they're fine i mean i'm happy with how it shaked out yeah i'm not if we're gonna be honest could have been much much worse oh for sure it could have been significantly worse like like oh. you said they could have been led that would yeah. have been bad news bears so you were telling me that uh the march madness bracket got banned yes sir it did do you know what march bracket didn't get banned the most important one, Matt. The most important one. Amen. The most important March bracket that there is. The MTG Dogs bracket. Look at you, Mr. Segway. I was about to say, how'd you like that one? The student has become the master. Why, thank you. I fucking love that shit. That is awesome. Yeah, the MTG Dogs bracket. So for those of you who are not familiar, if you've been living under a rock, uh, or are a cat person, I guess, um... Fuck is... off if you're a cat person. <laughs> you just alienated so many people with that. No, I'm I'm sure if you're a cat person, you can still at least appreciate what a dog is. Just the fact that it's another four-legged creature. True. But yeah, the MTG Dogs bracket, um, it is run by Vorthos Mike, who is a uh, former shout-out of the Fetch and Shock podcast. We talk about him from time to time, too. We do mention Mike a good amount because he is the fucking best. But it is a bracket, March Madness style. So they won. Uh, it's a it's dog versus dog. Doggy dog world. It is a doggy dog world, and it's all on Twitter. Every day you can go on and you can vote for which dog you think is cuter. And at the end of the day, the cutest and goodest dog wins. Oh, and it just win. started today. The yeah, real today bracket the first started day. today. I uh, got my votes in. Yeah. So I mean, if you use if you follow Borthos Mike on Twitter, which you should because he was already a shout out. But if you hadn't already, now is the time to do so. And you can also just use the hashtag MTG Dogs. Search that bad boy, and every person tweeting about it will you will get those notifications. Matt, there's there you you did your voting today, right? Yes. Good call. I also did my voting earlier today. Um, I'm assuming nobody listening to us right now, uh, they can't go back in time and vote. Unfortunate. No, but what they can do is vote moving forward they can vote in Vorthos mike needs to come out with the stickers that said i voted today and like poppers oh yo that is so sick we just hashtag mtg dogs underneath it i fucking yeah, love that would actually be really good but yeah round one was today but when this episode comes out the next round will be up and i think we know one of the competitors in the next round i think it would be mr budweiser hell yeah team budweiser is coming out in full effect representing in the mtg dogs bracket my lovely shithead dog budweiser is going to be a proud competitor this year i wanted to upload my puppers but unfortunately timing constraints constraints and me needing to drive to buffalo did not work out too well together yeah i mean honestly you what you went to buffalo to see a hockey game right yeah i went to see sabers versus pen at I mean, Buffalo. So you ended up seeing a hockey game instead of being able to submit the dogs. But unknowingly to you at that point, you did get to see possibly one of the last hockey games of the 2020 season. True. That's entirely possible. So, I, I mean, you, you, there's a good chance that you made the right decision. But yeah, so tomorrow, I mean, I'm going to tweet it out from both my Twitter at Basic Landbin and from uh, the Fetch and Shock Twitter. I'll tweet out the specific poll that Budweiser is in. Um, we're taking him to the house this year. He's taking home the trophy. And then you get the 60 dog cards or whatever. Well, yeah. And that's the coolest part too. 
the the winner of the entire thing first gets... and second places second place there are prizes for yeah so yeah the first and second place there are prizes first place is a complete 100 card commander deck built around dog the puppers yes and that includes like all of the rares mythic rares and like even the artifacts that are in the deck so like you're gonna get like the soul ring you're gonna get some sweet lands in that you're gonna get all the cool shit that is involved with that and this is also through uh Cool stuff, Inc. So shout out to Cool Stuff for supporting something like this. This is the kind of content people want to get behind. Hell yeah. Like the magic adjacent stuff. That's the coolest content that I like to see supported. And then yeah, the... So, uh, so go fucking vote, you idiots. Yeah, second place gets uh, one copy of every common dog in magic. Which there are a good amount. Yeah, there are actually a ton. That, you can, that you can probably get close like to building your own commander deck and with stuff that. like that too. Yeah, you gotta love that. But there are some heavy hitters. Um, shout out to Mythic, Mythic Legendaries podcast. Uh, which one was their dog? The Puppo George, who is he is honestly very close to the front runner. He is one of the cutest motherfuckers I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh uh, yeah, I think I voted for George. Yeah, George is a, a very cute son of a bitch. But there are some there are some heavy hitters in this one too. There's also a big upset or pup set as we could refer to it as. I see what you did there. Yeah, because it's dogs. Do you get it? I got it. There's a fucking big old pup set in round one. Uh, number two, Oreo, who's uh, Minhots on Twitter, and then Marty, who's owned by Hey McFly on Twitter. Uh, Marty's a 15 seed, and Oreo's a number two seed, and Marty is crushing. Do those seeds actually mean anything? Um, No, it was me. I think it was made up... <laughs> It was made uh, up by just, the search committee. Just random. Which is like pretty, I'm assuming it's just like Borthos Mike and like a couple uh, other like homies who just like get together and just like, uh, this person has a bunch of followers and this person maybe doesn't. Or like this dog's super cute and this dog is like obviously top tier cute. And like they base it off of that. I'm sure there's a bunch of factors involved because if I know Borthos Mike, he is going to be very meticulous about this shit because he is super passionate about dogs. Yes, he is. He posts a lot about puppers. There's very, there is a method to his madness and I, they, I am not going to try to even try to compete with his thought process with this. I don't, I, I don't remember if any of his, I think some of his dogs are in it. He has three wiener dogs and they're all incredible, but like I've been in this, um, it's been going on for four years. Budweiser was in it last year, and he lost in the Sweet 16, I believe. I was about to say, yeah, he got dropped in the Sweet 16 by a pug or you know, you got uh, dropped bulldog by a bulldog. or something. Yeah. Man, the bulldog, bulldog people come out. The puppy was back. so goddamn cute. Yeah, Jesus. You can't, you can't, listen, Georgia State, Bulldogs, you can't really compete with them. They're top tier. Um, and then my other dog, who, Rip and Peace Bella, um, she made it to the Final Four on the very first year of MTG dogs. And that is on my resume as one of the highlights <laughs> of my life. The highlights of your magic career. Of just my career in general. Fair. Yeah. She lost to, uh, uh, Chrissy Sprankles. I think Sprankles was one of our shadows, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She lost a Sprankles dog by like, I don't a think I've ever seen her dog landslide. I really didn't want to f submit Finn and Ollie cause competition would not be fair. Oh, because you it's would just, like, like, crush everybody? Yeah, I mean, come on. It's, like, two pro-level dogs in high school. Oh, so you're, you're, you're submitting your, uh... It's like you're submitting your vintage power-level dogs into a standard tournament? Yes, exactly. Thank you. You <laughs> get well, it. That's what you're for, dude. You get it. Listen, if there's anything I, that I get, it's it. It. Yep. You get it. I so, know. yeah, everybody out there, 
go follow Borthos Mike and follow the hashtag MTG Dogs bracket um, and vote for the goodest boy or girl. Vote for the, the goodest, goodest dog. Girl. And also vote for Budweiser. Team Budweiser. <laughs> hashtag Team Budweiser. And retweet that shit. Spread it out into the world. Um, my mom does not give a single solitary fuck about Magic the Gathering. She follows Borthos Mike just because of this every year. Just because she the loves dogs. shit. <laughs> she literally, the first year, made a Twitter and followed Borthos Mike. I think my mom has like 10 people that she's following. One of them are Mike because of this fucking <laughs> this That's great. dog thing. That's real good. Hell yeah. My mom doesn't even have a Facebook. She has a Twitter just because of MTG Dogs. Next so if level. That's, if that's enough for her to get a Twitter, that should be enough for you to get on Twitter and vote. So do your civic duty and go vote for MTG Dogs. The best type of voting you can do. All right. So uh, Matt, I know dogs are beautiful. Dogs are all gorgeous creatures. Yes. They really, really are. But you know what else is incredibly beautiful? Are you actually asking me or are you just setting yourself up? Um, I'll I'll you. you. What is beautiful? Magic the Gathering <laughs> art, Matt. Oh, there art we go. Art is so good. <laughs> it's so good. That hang time was cray. <laughs> I love that. You just like, you're just like, wait, is this a setup? Am I getting set up right now? And you're just like, yeah, fuck it, go with it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Matt. Punches. Magic the Gathering art is beautiful. And that leads us to the recap of our question from last week, which our question, if you're not familiar, every question, every week, we ask a question that has something to do with magic, uh, or at least something to do with what we talked about in the podcast. Last week, we did go down the rabbit hole a bit for magic art. So I asked our lovely viewers, uh, what is their favorite art or favorite artist and why? And we got some good responses. You actually threw in your two cents and you chose uh, the Invocation Days art by... Uh, Richard Wright. Yeah. And what I said, what the reasoning behind it is 100% true, which is it always just makes me say, fuck, that's good. That's good. It is so good. Holy shit. Yeah. Every that, time that I see it, it's like, Jesus, it's just so good. And like, even off air, you and I have talked about art a decent amount. Um, this is the one I always come back to. Every, yeah, almost every single conversation usually devolves in you mentioning this art, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. This art is breathtaking. It is so, so good. So, yeah, that was a hell of a good choice. Um, friend of the podcast, David Morris. These are on uh, Twitter, too, so if you want to see what we're actually talking about, you can go look at them. Yeah, for sure. You can, and, and while you're at it, you can just go answer the next week's question, because it'll be out by the time you're listening. Fuck, answer this week's question. Who cares? That's yeah. Just don't even go look at the art. Who cares? <laughs> but uh, David Morris, he uh, his favorite artist, which absolutely fucking incredible pick, Johannes Voss. We spent time talking about them last week because of Thalia art. Um, and he posted like the some of the best works, like Restoration Angel, which is out of this world. Yeah, I'm always I love that card. I love that art. It's all dope. And like Wings of Orzava, which we talked about last week. That art is like out of this world. That's a crazy good pick. And then uh, another friend of the podcast, Dirk, um, his favorite by a significant margin is Seb McKinnon's art for Chalice of the Void. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Sure. And like Seb is in like the upper echelon at this point of magic artists. And this art is no exception. Yeah, it's wild. It's like a chalice and on a, Ugh, on like on a, a little an altar. altar with like mushrooms and a skull and a sword. Yeah, and everything looks so, like, weathered and old. And then the chalice is just, like, emitting so much, like, light. And, like, this, like, it, a little, it looks like, like ethereal. Space. Yeah, it almost looks like a galaxy kind of deal. 
this like ethereal swirl and that gives like so much light and like focus to the art i fucking love it yeah it looks wild you uh pick three one i'm not surprised because you have the fucking thing tattooed on you silent arbiter baby shout out to mark zug love that guy yeah so you have that and then you have the the new art ranger of eos yeah because that was the ryan pancoast one that he did for um it wasn't it was one of the master sets yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the, exactly the Master the set. Newest, it was Master 2017? Uh, no, it was not thinking. 2017. 2019. Whatever. Yeah, the the newest Master set that isn't Modern Horizon. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Pankost, my number one favorite artist, and I I think that is the epitome of Pankost art, is the Ranger of Eos. Like, if somebody's like, oh, show me a Him bossing a fucking artist, falcon. It's that guy. Yeah. Like, the shield has such a great, like, texture and look to it. And like the the ranger himself has so much detail. The falcon has so much detail. And then you look at the castle in the background and you're just like, oh, it has so much depth. Fuck. Yeah, a lot of detail that isn't necessarily the um, focal point. Yeah, but it makes the painting. And MTG then the art school. Hell yeah, baby. This is listen. This is a hashtag MTG art podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much is that to begin with. You're yeah, you're not wrong. And then my other one was uh, Martyred Rosalka. Martyr Rosalka, this art is just like eerie and just like very evocative. It's very minimalist, but it's so fucking good. It's incredible. And it, the card it that it's me on. Of the con- oh, hell yeah. It is like super spooky like that. Well, there's a fucking dead girl hanging in the background and then her body, her spirits. Yeah. And like the card itself is so like the art with the actual card is the most perfect mixture of art versus right on the nose yeah versus what the actual card does and like the flavor text as well which is just like insane so the art is like yeah like that tree in the background with like the lady hanging from it and then the spirit walking and the creature is just a one white mana one one spirit and for one white you can sacrifice it and then target creature uh can't attack this turn and the flavor text is really what ties the fucking room together it's Rakdos cultists hanged her for sport in the township square, her ghost now stands vigil at what has become known as the Tree of Weeping. Like, that card just tells such a story by itself. That's fucking metal. On just, like, a little piece of cardboard. Mm-hmm. Like, you can read that not knowing magic, and that card just makes sense. And you know you what I found? down the rabbit hole too far. Well, you know when I found this card? And I realized, like, oh, fuck, this is insane. Because I didn't play Magic when this card was released. I found this card when Shadows Over Innistrad was released and all of the other spirits came out. And I was like, oh, fuck, I have to Google look through every... MTG spirits. Yeah, I just literally fucking Scryfalled. Or I don't know if Scryfall existed at that point. But I just searched for every spirit in Magic and found this card. It's not particularly good. But no, I saw bad. it and I'm like... Holy shit. This is something. Yeah, it's actively not actually good at being a magic card. No, it's not a great card. But, but the, the art, art is pretty cool. Yeah, the art mixed with the card is just out of the... Yeah, I would agree with you. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so shout out to everybody who uh, who gave us their insight on what their favorite magic card was. Or favorite magic art was. I like seeing people's different perspectives on this. Because art is such a weird subjective thing. Oh yeah, one person might think it's gorgeous and the best thing. Someone else is like, it's shit. It looks like but you fucking can't, messed up puzzle pieces. You can't deny that magic art is the best shit about magic. One of them, yeah. If it wasn't for the art on the cards, like you, the, the, the game would be dead long before this point. What's the hook? 
Exactly. Yeah, fuck yeah. So shout out to Art. You know what else I'm going to shout out right now? What's up? I'm going to shout out you, Matt. Why is that? Because you finally changed your fucking name. Oh, oh yeah, I finally <laughs> did the thing on Twitter. I've been asking for two weeks, and Chef Mike finally changed his Twitter name. He didn't change the handle, but the you are now Chef, Chef Picante. On, <laughs> I love it. You just called me Mike, you twat. Or Chef fucking Matt, sorry. <laughs> Fuck you. That was not what I meant. No, Chef fucking Chef Mike is what I call microwaves. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what I've been calling microwaves for like the past forever. That's you actually stuff. really funny. Yeah, you give it to Chef Mike and Mike fucking cooks it up for you. <laughs> that's funny. Feel free to use that. I will, for sure. Yeah, but now you're Chef Picante. Chef Picante. I fucking love that. Well, Bonus Chef points. Picante. It's actually Spicy Chef in Spanish. Ooh, muy spicio. No, just Spicy Chef. Well, Spicy Chef. Do you have any spice for us this week? I do, actually. So I don't have a picture of the deck, but I have the main board and uh, the amount of lands. I don't have the what the mana base would be broken up up into, um, but you'll the the main board's spicy enough. Yeah, I just need we just need the gist of it because I mean, and honestly, I don't give a fuck how you cast the spells. I just want to know the spells in the pile. Of- yeah, and the mana base should be built the same way pretty much every time with this deck. So this is a Grixis deck that utilizes extraction effects with discard and then rebuying those extraction, discard, and specifically one card that I'll get to. So we start out for surgical extraction. So a black or a Pyrexian mana, uh, instant speed, remove target card in a graveyard, and all other cards with that same name from that from player's hand and or library. So, okay. Yeah, sure. Get rid of so, shit. Pretty common sideboard yeah, card. Yeah, it's a pretty for, solid sideboard card. Yeah, well, there's four of those in the um, mainly because it is a free way for extraction. Um, the other two is uh, the additional two to supplement that is two extirpate the exact same effect for one black mana and it has split second. So you cannot interact with it. No other abilities or spells can be put on the stack unless they are mana ability, which doesn't do shit for what this is trying to do. Yeah. So they're basically the same card, except for instead of paying two life, you have to pay the mana for the one. But it kind of just stops everything at that. Yes, this resolves. It goes on in the stack. It will resolve uh, before everything else except mana ability. So you can float mana or something if you really want to. Sure. All right. Then a little bit of hand disruption. So four Inquisition to Kozilek. One black mana. Opponent discards something three or less from their hand. You choose non-land. The key note with surgical, they can hit lands, um, but they can't hit basic land. Um, that's huh. kind of important. So okay, you could surgical Tron pieces or stuff from Amulet, yeah. uh, just as a heads up. Um, then three Thoughtseize, um, the best hand disruption spell for one black mana there is. Yeah, the best discard a, spell in the format. A non-land card, lose two life, gone. Um, and then one Collector Brutality, so one and a black. And then you can escalate uh, by discarding a card. So target opponent discards... Reveals their hand, discards a non-creature, non-land card, so duress effect. Um, you drain and gain for two, and or um, target creature gets minus two minus. So a little bit of a modal card um, that can 
help you discard stuff, which will become important. Um, four Snapcaster, which Classic is very snappy. Yeah, uh, surgical extraction turns Snapcaster into an actual factual two drop. You can also use a spell with it. Yeah, love that. That's that's super important. Um, three Dreadhorde Arcanist. So something similar to Snapcaster Mage. It's one in a red, a one three trample. Whenever it attacks, um, you may cast a card from your graveyard with power equal or less than its power for free. So you get like the surgical extractions, extra pates, thought teases, things like that. Yes. Um, here's the where it starts getting. I'll save the spice for last. Okay, so, sure. Four thought scour, cantrip. Mill two. So, uh, one player, player mills, mills two, and then you two, draw a card. And then draw a card. Yep, for one blue man. Sure, and you can Four. do yourself to fill up your graveyard, or you can do your opponent. Yes, to hit up. You do have things like surgical extraction. Yep. Uh, Four mana leak. Uh, This is really just to get in there. Uh, You hold your two mana up. If they play something, you counter it. Extract it is the the name of the game. Yeah, and also you don't don't want to just die to a card. You got to have some, at least some amount of protection from dying. Originally, I also had, or I had remand instead, but I would rather the thing go to the graveyard. Yeah, 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 because you do have things like like surgical and stuff like that. Yeah, and then three fatal push, so black. Everyone knows what fatal push does. Yep, got to be able to kill stuff. And then three lightning. Also be able to kill stuff. Um, All of my spells, main board, except collective brutality. One mana. And mana leak are one mana, including unearth. Ooh, you trying to buy back some uh, snapcaster mages, are you? Well, unearth is one black. Uh, sorcery, return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield if it is CMC 3 or less. And it also cycles for it two does colorless. Cycle. Um, and then the last card in the main board is four lightning skeletal. Ooh! Yes, this is black, red, red, or red, red, black. What are the two? I can't remember. Uh, 6-1, yes, 6-1, trample haste. And when it deals damage to your opponent, they discard two cards. Yeah. So this attacks on a couple different axes of ripping and shredding their hand apart, extracting problematic things, and then Unearth is a tricky bitch because you can cast... Uh, this deck actually has a weird resilience of sweepers, believe it or not. Yeah, because you can just unearth stuff back, and then you also can just un- you can just recast the Skelemental, right? Well, my favorite thing is either buying back Unearth with Arcanist or Snapcaster. Oh, that's true. So- Say there's actual factual zero cards in your or zero cards on the battlefield, but you have an unearth and you unearth the Snapcaster Mage. You can then immediately use unearth from the Snapcaster Mage's enter the build, enter the battlefield oh. ability, and get something else. Oh, I you love can that! Attack with the Dread Horde um, and unearth a Snapcaster or another Dread Horde. Uh, it's not generally beneficial to. Dreadhorde unearth into Skelemental because you're already attacking. Yeah, that doesn't make too much sense. But yeah, that's the the spice. It's uh, disrupt them early, make them pay for discarding cards by surgically extracting them, and just take advantage of long game with unearth effects that you can use multiple times, etc. Um, okay. The first cor- the first card that I put in my sideboard, would you like to guess what that is? Uh... This is the only card that I'm actually for sure sold on in my sideboard. Oh, I have and no the only idea. card I currently have in it is for Ghost Quarter. Oh, yeah, that's that's okay. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Cause... Just to get like the Tron lands, get anything that's important out of uh, any of the other land-based decks, like Titan or yeah. anything. Yep, and it also helps with uh, Skelemental. They might disc- discard some lands or uh, what's it called? The uh, Thought Scour. You might hit something with it. Yeah, that's true. Because um, oftentimes the... it's correct. Uh, turn one, untap blue source, either Thoughtseize or Inquisition, and just start shredding their stuff away. Take yeah, those I big, really important like things that. away. My thing is, how do you feel about the first card that I was thinking of that would work really well in this? What about Kroxa? Yeah, Kroxa would work too. I think Kroxa would be insane in this deck. Yeah, it gets uh, unearthed ability. And it yeah. just like, it's a discard spell. It also is a discard spell that turns into a 6-6 six, six at some point. Yeah, you can also just make it a big old beater. Oh, this yeah. deck's sweet. That is a spicy meatball. Like, yeah, you I do kind of to... get wrecked by, like, a rest in peace or something, but, like, you can also just kill your opponent super quickly. Yeah, six damage is not to fuck with. Yeah, like, I'm imagining the world where, like, your opponent goes, oh, turn two rest in peace, I'm safe. And then you go, like, skeletal, skeletal, And there's, like, oh, I have no hand. And I also just got hit for 12. Yeah, and with some bolts and stuff, it can clear the way. A lot of hand disruption... That's the beauty. You have so much knowledge going in. Turn one, if I thought sees you and then surgical extraction something, I get to see your entire deck and your hand. And there's a chance that like Inquisition of Kozilek's a decent card too. Well, yeah, any discard effect. It's just thought sees is just in there because it hits everything and I need some number of, okay, what if they have a four mana spell and they can somehow wiggle their way in to get it. Yeah, but my thought is like maybe not going all four like lightning bolts or all four fatal pushes and doing like some amount of other discard spells just really lean heavy into that yeah can do this that deck too. seems sweet though i feel like it has a lot of game hell yeah especially now that like modern is a little bit turned on its head like it's not completely changed and warped but like we are in a different modern format now that uh once upon a time isn't there for example if i were to thought seize a titan and then immediately extract it the ways they have to kill me are two Pretty different much lands. None. Two different lands. Yeah, and like that is, they have a lot of draw stat to go right for that to actually. Well, no, I can generally get them, but then I'm saying that's for metals. that's for they they have to have a like your opponent. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. For, I to go right for like, that to actually happen for okay. them to kill you. I was thinking the other way. Nope. No, no, yeah, no, no, that no. makes sense. Yeah, if you get Titans, like that changes the game entirely. Yeah, and Snapcaster. The you're gonna cast your spells a couple different times between Snapcaster and Dreadhorde Arcanist. Yeah, and with all the redundancy in the deck, the chances of you just being able to cast it once is pretty good. And that one time is awesome for you. But you casting that spell a second time can just be lights out. Yeah. And like you said, this might have some weakness to like rest in peace. Um rest in peace is obviously the best card because it stops me from targeting them, their graveyard. Yeah, and you and are my graveyard. A, you are a Grixis deck. Grixis not known for dealing with enchantment. Yeah, who would have thunk? Unless I get it out of their hand early. But like I said before, uh, we are in a new modern, so who knows how much Rust in Peace is being played, first of all. And True. like there is a chance that you can just get faster than those decks. Like just aggressively keep hands with uh some kind of turn one interaction and you just rip their interaction out from underneath them and then you just get there. Yeah, so that's uh, my spicy meatball for the week. I love that. That's a good one. If anyone wants like an actual sideboard and lands, fine. I'll 
fucking do it. Just message me or something or Where reach out and I'll back? figure it out. I'll figure it out on Twitter yeah. at it's Bob. There you go. That's how you do it. Plug. You figured it out. So shameless. Well, Matt, there's two more things we got to cover. Numero. Are you familiar? I honestly don't know where you're going. The two more things we have to cover in this episode? The game? Oh, we, that's man, that's the last thing. There's one more thing. Oh, our top five. I, I, I love that. <laughs> I legitimately didn't know where you were going or what you were talking about, obviously. Listen, I was trying to lead the horse to water, but homeboy. Make a drink, boy. Use drink. Yeah, they are top five, bud. Yeah. It's our new most popular segment, at least for us, because I'm having a blast thinking of these. Yeah, these are these are fun to do. I've been a fan thus far. Especially this week, which this week we are covering our top five limited sets of all time. And by ours, it's which ones we thought were the most fun, etc. We're going on personal preference. Matt, you got any honorable mentions? I have one honorable mention. There's a lot, but I'm just going to give you the uno. Sure. Uh, so my honorable mention is Dominaria. Ooh. That was a pretty fun set to draft. Dominaria was phenomenal. Yeah, a big uh, fan of Dominaria. It wasn't super overpowered. Uh, got That's, some flashback. Yeah, the best part about Dominaria was how balanced it was, in my opinion. Yeah, you could win with... There wasn't like just a deck that was like, this is the best deck. No, you, you had could build actual... any of the decks to be the best deck. You had 10 distinct archetypes in that format, and you don't get that very often. You're not wrong. And all of them were... a. About equally powered. Well, uh, OG Homeboy was on the design team for this, wasn't he? Um, I believe so. Do you know who OG Homeboy is? Are you talking about uh, uh, Tom Ross? No, the All-Father. Garfield. Oh, yes! Yeah, I guess <laughs> that, that would be the original Homeboy. Yeah, he's he the was. OG Homeboy. That is a recurring theme with some of these top five things, too. Yeah, that's well, there's a mine. reason why he invented the game. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah, he is he was on the design team for this set and you can tell. Yeah, oh, so Tom do Ross you have wasn't any... on the design one for this one. He was on for Horizons. Spoiler alert. No, I was saying homeboy for Dom No, I'm Harry. just thinking of my answer. Mm. But yeah, um I have one honorable mention and it is one of my personal favorite sets um from my draft experience, but I think that might just be because I drafted this set a metric ton and i won a lot with it and that is original theros i crushed this format i drafted this format probably more than i drafted maybe every other format i'm surprised that isn't in your top five i love theros fuck that format was so good it was kind of weird like it kind of got stale after a point but i i don't think it got stale for me because that was when i had like an lgs within like walking distance from where i lived so I went there every single Friday, played that every single Friday, got really good at it, won a bunch of packs from that, and just like winning never got old. Maybe the format did, but winning didn't. Does winning ever really get old? No, not really. So like, I think that might have, that's why that, that format has a special place in my heart. I don't think it's better than any of the formats that I picked in top five. But speaking of top five, you want to dive in? Yeah, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, I'll do my first one. My first one is number five is Eternal Master. You enjoyed that draft. I loved Eternal Master. Oh, the fact see, that I didn't they like had, that. I loved it. The fact that they had cards from all throughout Magic's history, and they designed it in a way that it played really well together. They didn't have very many rares that were just like absolute blowout city. Everything was pretty functional, and there were a lot of distinct archetypes. There was no standout one that was too good. If you oh, knew how to I disagree. 
Oh, see, I, elves, I think everything was pretty bad. was by far the best deck. Yeah, but that was hard to get. Uh, okay. Like, if you got it, you got it, and that was really good. Um, but it was not easy to build that okay, deck. Okay, I, I could buy that. I only drafted I, it twice, and I went elves both times, and I was like, this isn't even fun. Yeah, that was a very, very good, but it was not easy to put together. Fair, okay. I really, really enjoyed that. That was... So, go ahead. You awesome. said no no overpowered one deck, and I interrupted you like a dickhead. Oh, yeah, it was just like, there was just, everything was really balanced, which I think is a sign of a good limited format. Um, and it had a lot of replay value, which was, I think was good. Even even a set that was a quote-unquote, like, premium set. I played that deck a ton on Magic Online, like, on Phantom Drafts, which were cheap and affordable for pretty much everybody. You just didn't get to keep the things, you just got play points. And I just got, like, infinite fun with that, and I love it. Okay, I can get behind that, I guess. Yeah, what's your number five? My... Numero Cinco is Innistrad. Ooh, that's your number five. That's my number five. Jeez. I got some heaters in this, boy. I can't believe that that's all the way down to number five. That hurts me. It is It is a very good draft format. It's not my favorite draft format. If you've ever heard me talk, you'll know what my favorite draft format is. You might be a little confused between one and two, but oh. Innistrad. It's one of the top-down design sets, so... Those are always really good. It has some fucking Haymaker cards in there. Oh, yeah. Innistrad is nuts. You got Snappy. You got Liliana's. Plus, yeah, Innistrad was um, a great draft form. The uh, Spider Spawning deck? Come on. Like, that was maybe one of the best draft decks of all time, but oh, that one, for again, sure the best draft deck. Maybe not of all time. But... so hard. No, I think of all time. But that deck is really hard to put together, and it's harder to play than, I think, any other draft deck. Uh, there was... Here's a side note. I want to say... And the core set, there was a storm deck. Sure, maybe that might be as hard to play. But I think the Splitter Spawning deck is hard to play and hard to put together. It is hard to put together. And you have to get, like, really lucky. You have to be the one in it, yeah. So just as a little tangent here, it was actually Time Spiral. I lied. It was using Ignite Memories. Yeah, the Ignite Memories deck, sure. Yeah, and you could storm and kill people. But if they had, like, three lands in their hand, you were just fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're just dead. But yeah, Innistrad, that's... Interesting number five. Would you like me to go to my number four? Yeah, what is your number four? Z -Z 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 Zendikar. Original Zendikar. Original Zendikar. So triple Z. Triple Z, baby. I like that. See, Zendikar, I've only drafted it a handful of times. It has been really good every time I drafted it. It's just so much fun. Land the landfall mechanic was really fun. Um, and once again, there's some heaters in this set. Oh, for sure. You got the fetch lands. Um, Beastmaster Ascension was pretty much unbeatable. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's as good in Commander as it was not Limited. Mm -hmm. And that card's just, like, super good. You had, like, the vampire theme. Um, I just thought it was really good, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I like that format. That's a good pick. Pretty good removal. Um, Planeswalkers were in here. wasn't the first set they were in, but... No, but they were in there, and they were good Planeswalkers. Yeah. Yeah, good pick. Um, yeah, I, that's one of my... Not my all-time favorite. Um, I would change your number four. I'm favorite. surprised it made my top funnest. After I was thinking, I was like, it was just so much fun. The common landfall decks, like, and it was the first time that full art lands were like in packs. Oh, so that does give you a little, a uh, little bit of incentive to draft. Yeah, those foils were. With the I was a big value. fan of those for a long time. Hell yeah! So, what is your number four? My number four is actually modern. Horizons. Um, I can get behind that. Yeah, Modern Horizons is like as close to a perfect draft format 
as you can get for one of these like masters, quote unquote, like master sets. It is just so balanced, so good. All of the archetypes were so awesome in their own way. And like that's a theme throughout my draft ones that like there was there were ones that were more powerful than others, but all the archetypes were pretty balanced. And there weren't like crazy blowout rares. Like the uncommon in a limited format. Yeah. Uncommon removal in that format was awesome. Um, I would also say that the shapeshifter slash slivers were probably one of the the higher end decks for that format. Oh yeah. But the fact that you could also just you had shapeshifters in like every color almost. You had actually, slivers in Naya. My favorite deck that I ever drafted in that format, and I actually drafted it with you watching me, was the blue green mill deck. Where I yeah. just fucking nuked people for uh what's that? That thought not thought erasure. Memory memory something i don't know oh yeah I, yeah yeah. and you just had like multiple copies of it and you just like get in there yep you just it have to was... build a wall and then make sure your opponent doesn't kill you and mill them out like that is such a fucking exciting like the fact that you can have like a hyper aggressive deck and also a mill deck in the same limited format it's a home run every actually, time i lied it wasn't the slivers the snow deck was the oh the, the blue green snow deck was very very yeah it was super but then yeah, again, but you I, didn't always get it, and you just had some half-ass blue-green deck. Yeah, and like Goblins was really good in that format. Yeah. There were so many, so many good decks. Every deck was so sweet. And like the replay value, again, super fucking high. Loved that format. So, so good. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yes. Um, My number trace is Triple Cons of Tarkir. See, an unpopular opinion, I did not like Cons of Tarkir draft. Oh, I did. And oh, I, think I like it a lot. I didn't like I, I not enough wasn't even good enough for me to have it as a honorable mention. I did not like that format as much. See, we did this annual not this past year but the previous. Year, yes. And holy fuck did I love it. I I told everyone at my table I was like, "Do not try to read what I'm doing. I'm going five color nonsense." And guess what? It was very doable in that format too. I went five color nonsense. I was getting like six pick siege rhinos and Well, you get to just do that cuz there's so many there's so much mana fixing and so there's also more creatures fixing. and more creatures yeah like that format had a lot going on and that's i think that's the reason why a lot of people like it and that's one of the reasons why i hated it the the best deck in that format is the outlast the outlast oh with the white cards yeah i love that the white green or the white black uh-huh. are the way to go outlast is a sweet mechanic yeah so for those of you who don't know outlast is can only be used as a sorcery and it's mana tap your creature for some ability whether it's a plus one uh generally a plus one plus one. oh no yeah, it's always a plus one plus it's one always counter. a plus one plus one counter but then sometimes when gets a benefit creatures have a counter gets a bonus. they get like flying or first strike or something like that touch vigilance yeah all right so do i need to do my number two as well no i just no, I, you, I need to yeah. do my number three yeah, go ahead my number three i think this was your honorable mention right dominaria yeah dominaria whoo dom was so good it was super bad. And like you said, Richard Garfield, the like yeah, he's good. The Nobody guy knows, knows what, what he's, he's doing. doing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Dominary was so good. One again, this is like a just recurring theme. Super balanced. It had ten distinct archetypes, all of them pretty good. And you could do that draft a million times, never end up with the same deck, and always have a fucking blast. I love Dominary. What was your favorite archetype? In Dom? Um yeah. I really liked the which is super uncharacteristic for me because I never like the style deck, but I really enjoyed the black green like graveyard deck. I was a big fan of the sapperlings. Yeah, like the black green sapperling like graveyard strategy was super fun. 
Um, and then obviously, like any time that I would be able to put together like the white black heroic deck or like the blue white heroic deck, I was in actual heaven or not heroic historic. Yeah, yeah, historic was a cool new mechanic. Yeah, foremost, so good. Well, I can't, I, I'll do my number two now too because we've already talked about my number two on the list. My number two is Innistrad. Yeah, okay. I figured that would be up there for you. Oh, for sure. Innistrad, again, the set that I started with, like it started my magic journey with. So like it's obviously got a, that, that little bit of nostalgia feature. Yeah, those but, sets are always going to be. Yeah, and my favorite part about that format was super diverse, but it always seems like every time I draft it, I got to draft my bread and butter. And white green little kid deck. White green idiots or red white idiots. Yeah, white green idiots was always good because of the elf that taps for white mana and travel preparations. And the red white one. I can't even tell you how many times that I've cast Rally of the Peasants in my life. And I love that card so much. Yeah, you're you're a big fan of that one. Yeah, and like uh what uh Lost Traveler, is that what it's called? The one mana one one guy that when it dies you get a one one spirit i don't know what it's called but i know what you're talking about yeah that's like a common that's like one of my favorite commons of all time also shout out unruly mob unruly mob in that format first time it was ever printed yeah shout out Ryan yeah you're a big fan of that card big big fan hell yeah so yeah innistrad just is always going to have a very very special place in my heart and the draft format was sweet. Matt, what's your number two? My number two Which is... Modern Masters format is it? Nope. Return to Ravnik. RTR? Oh, I knew RTR was actually good. Your first one's definitely a Modern Masters then. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed yeah, it. R- RTR, um, the Rakdos deck with launch parties and stab wounds. And we're talking or... about triple Return to Ravnica, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck the okay, block, block draft. No. RTR. Yeah, triple RTR. Um, with Rakdos, that was my go-to. Or um, I'm also a very, very big fan of the Blood Rush. Oh, uh, with a uh, Gruul. Yeah. So the key with that deck was getting a Madcap skills on the green one drop. That's one one and can only be block- blocked by creatures with flying. And then oh, and then two, Madcap skills gives them menace and plus two plus o. Plus three plus o. Plus three plus o. Mana. So they need to be blocked by two flyers, and you just clock them. And then, okay, Blood Rush for five and hit for nine on turn three. Yeah. Yeah, Madcap Skills was a hell of a card in that format. And like you said, there was a Rakdos deck and the Gruul deck, which that card fit in perfectly. And there's a Boros deck. Yeah, and that yeah, set, you're right. That set, there's never, ever going to be another set that is that aggressive. No, I agree. It is two ships in the night. Can you kill me? Do you have any muggings? Is what it was, what it boiled down to. That was a super sweet format. That should have been an honorable mention for me. I really did like that format. Yeah, it's super fun. Every time I drafted it, but like so, much so fun. many, so many people liked block RTR. I block hate, RTR is fine. It's I hate not. It. I really, really like triple RTR. I hated block R. Block RTR wasn't terrible. Uh, it was only two sets, I believe. But the block one? Yeah. No, you did one pack of each. Oh, you did uh, yeah, Gate yeah, Crash, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Dragon's Maze, and Return to Ravnica. Yeah, Triple RTR was the way to. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, it was just so much fun. As you called, my favorite draft format of all time is Modern Masters 2015. Yep, I knew that was coming by a fucking mile away. There are just so many fun decks to draft in that. You have the Affinity slash Metalcraft deck. Well, it's the Metalcraft deck. You have the five-color 
um, not what's like the, the sunblast deck, uh, the sunburst and uh, what the fuck is tribal flames domain domain that that's it. Uh, that deck is super fun. Um, even the white black like, spirit style deck is really fun. That was that was my favorite archetype in that. You you just found what lane was open and you went and you and- could have some like crossover. Um, one of the like besides the bombs, one of the most commonly draft cards was cranial plating because common, it's just good. Oftentimes you had three artifacts and it's just good then. Yeah. But the more you had, the better it got. And they also just had a lot of good removal in that format that yep. like spanned a bunch of different decks. So like you could take early removal and then kind of slot into whatever was open. Yeah. That was a big plus for that format. I also uh, the one year we drafted that at the annual. Um, my pack two, I opened a foil Tarmogoyf. Uh, didn't even look at any other cards in the pack. Just took it and still ended up going five zero. Yep, seems okay. Didn't even play the Tarmogoyf. Just turned into a Mox later down the road. Yeah, that's sweet. So that is my favorite. Um, don't that's a good pick. And also, I knew that was your going to be your hundred yeah, percent. I talk about it a lot, but it's my favorite ever. Yeah, Matt. Well, since I guess yours, can you guess my number one? You said Theros is not it. No, it's not. I don't know. Well, Matt, would you like to know? I would like to know, yes. My number one favorite draft format of all time is Conspiracy. Oh, I wouldn't I have guessed that. fucking love that format. Yeah, that, format that format is almost like solely responsible for me getting Silent Arbiter tattooed on my life. <laughs> I love that fucking so much. Like you, between you having to sit down and draft in the mindset that you're playing against three other players and just the fact that it was designed solely for draft, no other purpose to it whatsoever. Like it was so focused. There were so many cool cards, so many cool archetypes. And it was the first thing that introduced like the conspiracy idea of the actual conspiracy cards and like the hidden agendas and stuff like that where you can take those cards early and then it kind of informs the way that you draft or morphs the way that you draft. Or you could get one late and be like, okay, well, obviously nobody's taking this. So like, I'm going to pivot into this. And there are ones that like, oh, you take this card and name a creature. And then the creature has like some plus one, plus one equal to the number of cards you've drafted up to that point. And like, it was just such an interactive draft format, just actually drafting the cards that you almost had more fun in the draft than you did playing the games. I think my favorite hidden agenda was you play with every card that you draft. And then you can exile a card from your hand and just get a basic land from a land box and put it into play. Uh You could only do it once per turn. So so it guaranteed you a land drop, but then also you had just like the exact mana that you needed. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. So you played... You had 40, 44 cards you were playing. Granted, you didn't take any other hidden agendas, etc. But you always had your mana, and but, you could just play draft. Like, if you open that first pick, you just pick off-the-wall shit that's just overtly powerful. Yeah, but then also you could just, in a pack that you had, if you picked that first pick, if you had that, you just, like, open, or if you got past a pack that had a hidden agenda in it, and, like, no other reasonable cards... You could just slam that fucking conspiracy or hidden agenda and you didn't have to fucking add a card to your deck. Yeah. Like that was such a sweet thing. Like shit like that makes that such a cool and unique format. Like if I could buy a box of conspiracy right now and draft it like right now tonight, I would do that in a fucking heartbeat. I'm pretty sure those boxes are like $400. Yeah, they're not cheap. 
<laughs> not even a little bit. But like, let's just say somebody called me up and just said, "Hey, you want to draft conspiracy?" I would drop yep. everything. <laughs> like, I would leave like a family member's funeral to go draft that format. Like, I would like leave my fucking future wife at the altar to go draft that format. Like, there are very few things that I will do. I think I find out why you're not going to get married, bud. Because <laughs> you're going to go draft conspiracy instead of stay at your own wedding. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can always reschedule a wedding. You can't always reschedule a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Sure. Hell yeah. Those are a good top five. That was a really good top five. That was a super. We only had what? Innistrad as a and Dominaria. Dominaria was your uh, was your honorable mention, though. Yeah. Innistrad was the only crossover in the actual factual top five. That's yeah. another week of us having both very good top fives. And just not even very, very look. different top fives. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's the best part. Fuck yeah. Great top five. You know what else is great, Matt? What's that? Accumulated knowledge. That is a fun one. It's not a bad time. Except for this time around, you're asking me. Yeah. There is a yep. chance that could be a bad time for me. <laughs> Maybe. We're going to find out. I should probably bring up Scryfall. You want to explain the game? Yeah, I would say you can bring it up and then uh, I'll explain this, this bad boy. So for those of you out here who are new to this whole thing. Every week we play a game called Accumulated Knowledge. In this game, one of us goes to the Scryfall website, they hit the random card button, and it generates a random card from the history of Magic the Gathering. They ask the other person the name of that card. The other person has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they win. And if they get it wrong, uh, they have to they have to draft a block Return to Ravnica for the rest. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Oh, how about they have to draft uh, only triple Abyssin restored for the rest of their life? <laughs> okay, that one's much worse. You fucking savage. <laughs> All right, well, I also get three hints. No, I get two hints. I have to get three out of five right. Oof, I don't know if you're going to get this first one here, bud. Well, fire it off. Well, let's get it started. Anna Sanctuary. Um, What? Anna, A-N-A, Sanctuary. Is that a land? Nope. That sounds like a land. Promise you it's not. It has to be like an artifact or an enchantment then. Would you like a hint if it's a land or not? <laughs> no, you already told me it wasn't a land. <laughs> there's your there's hint number one. No, that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to bother wasting a hint on this. Um, I'm going to say Anna sounds like a... That's a white lady name. I wish it was Karen Sanctuary because then I know it was white. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an enchantment for one and a white. So your final answer? Yeah, sure it is. No, it is two and a green. Fuck, it should have been Karen Sanctuary. Then I would have got it. I would have never gotten this. This is from Apocalypse. Also, it was in Mystery Boost. Oh, thank God. All of the Mystery Boosters that I've opened so, so far. Yeah, it is an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control a blue or black permanent, target creature gets plus one, plus one till end of turn. If you control a blue permanent and a black permanent, that creature gets plus five, plus five until end of turn instead. Oh, just like this and a Baleful Strix just gives you a 6-6 six, six flyer. That's fun. Yeah, with Death huh. Touch for what it's worth. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I mean, it's this an awful is, card. That's another rough one. Oh, I wonder God. if this is influenced by the stuff that I search in Scryfall. Oh, God, I hope not, because I bet you're searching disgusting dumb shit. This, are you ready for your number two? I, I'm ready as I'll ever be. This is Thought eater thought eater is this an eldrazi no i won't count that as your i mean it just seems like it would be right quit trying to sneak free hints out of me you son of a bitch listen i'm just trying to be cheeky you did get a free hint out of that oh boy this i have no fucking clue 
I don't even know if I should use a hint on this because it's like this is even this is definitely not as hard as Aunt Karen Sanctuary. If I were you, I would not use a hint. Oh, is that a hint to not use one? <laughs> Technically, uh, no, it's more of advice than it's. I wouldn't get thought eater. Ugh. Um, sounds like a blue or black card. Or it could be both. You're right. It is one blue and one black. Is that your final answer? Yes. No. Fuck. It is one colorless and one blue. Oh, you tricked me, you bastard. It is a 2-2 flyer. Would you like to guess what the drawback is? If you get what the drawback is, I'll give you an additional. Do you, when it enters the battlefield, do you have to discard your hand? Are you fucking kidding me? That's, there's no way that's it. No, that's not it. Fuck. <laughs> uh, your maximum hand size reduced by three. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, that's bad news bears. That's from Odyssey. Yeah, that's an Odyssey card. The first memory it sucks out of its host is how to get rid of it. Oh, that is killer flavor text, though. Oh, boy. I'm in, I'm in trouble. I'm white trash and I'm in trouble. Uh, are you ready for number three? Yeah, can it just be at least a modicum easier than the first two? This one is a modicum easier. This is Mir Superion. Oh, like like the like the mirrors. Yes, Mir M Y R Mir, not Mirror. Yeah, like yeah, the M Y R. Isn't this the fucking? Oh, is this oh Mir Superior? Superion. 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 Oh boy, why does this card sound familiar? Was this in a master set? Would you like to use a hint? No. If you oh, do the I... right hint, you'll get it, I bet. Can I get You gotta it... use a hint. You're Oh you have to. Can I get what it does? Um yes. Spend only mana produced by creatures to cast superior. Oh. This is that super cheap idiot that's like massive. Is it? Yes. Well it's not is it, it's colorless. <laughs> <laughs> it's from uh uh Phyrexia, New Phyrexia. Oh, it's like three mana or two mana or something like that. I'm gonna need I... an answer here, bud. Or it's, like a five, it's like a five five for two mana. What is your final answer for CMC? It's a two it's a two colorless mana spell. Is that your final answer? Yes. Are you sure that's your final answer? Oh, that means I'm right. Yeah, it is. It is two mana, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a five five, isn't it? It's a five six. Oh, it's got a big butt. Yeah, five six for two mana. It uh, is you'll... from New Phyrexia, right? Yeah. This is the one that goes very well with uh that black enchantment where your creatures cost two less, but they get minus one, minus one. Yeah, uh, Heartless Summoning. Heartless Summoning, that's it. Yes. Yeah, so two mana, five, six, can only be, can only use mana produced by creatures to cast it. So one for three there, bud. I love that. Hey, at least we got one. I'll take that. That's, that's, a, that's a moral victory. I'm not going to give you a land. I'm not going to give you an uncard. No! All right, I, there's is... honestly a chance that I get the uncard before I get any of the first two that you gave me. No, it's a super old shitty one. Ah, shit. Um, so this one is Eater of Days. Now, how do you spell days? Is it D-A-Z-E or D-A-Y-S? D-A-Y-S. Days, like days of the week. Huh. This one sounds like an Eldrazi. Why is all the ones that you're giving me sound like Eldrazi's? Maybe it is an Eldrazi. I'm no. going to give you a free hint. I used to have this deck card in a, an old deck of mine when I first started playing with Kev. Oh, God. So it's a it's an old card, but it's also a pile of shit. Um, well, I have to use a hint. Uh, <laughs> can I get what it does? You ready for this one? Oh, God, probably not, if that's how you respond. Flying Trample. Okay, so when good card e so far. When Eater of Days comes into play, 
you skip your next two turn. Oh, why does it do that? Oh, it's got to be huge then. When Meriden's varied civilizations developed ways to fight the levelers, Memnarch up. Oh, God damn it, dude. Get harder ones. Oh, no. It's got to be like, it's going to be three mana. What is your final answer? Wait, what was the flavor text? When Meriden's varied civilizations developed ways to fight the levelers, Memnarch up leaks. Okay, so it doesn't have a color in it, I'm guessing, because of that. I was going to say it was, like, black, because of Eater of Days sounds like kind of it would be a black card. But the flavor text makes me think that it's colorless. So I'm going to go, I was going to go, oh, I was going to go two and a black, but I think I'm just going to go three colorless. Are you sure about that? No, I'm not even close to sure, but that's going to be my final answer. Are you positive that that is your final answer? I'm sure that that's my final answer. I'm not sure it's right. You are very close, but you, sir, are incorrect. Oh, fuck. This Please is... don't tell me it's two and a black. No, that would be really funny. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'd be so bummed. It is four colorless men. Oh, it's so close. No. It is a nine, eight. Oh, see that? I would have never guessed. I was thinking like three colorless, but it's like a seven, seven. I'm going to play this with alongside Torpor Orb. Oh, I like that. There's my spice of the week for next week. It no, it'll it'll join like the that. queue. Yeah, this is from Dark Steel. Oh, well, can't you you can play here? Here's my spice for this this week. Um, to play this card along with the uh, that whispering spirit thing from uh, uh, Throne of Eldraine. That when things enter the battlefield, don't cause abilities to trigger. Oh yeah, the one two. Boom! You just get a you just get a, a nine eight flample for four mana. I can dig it. Enjoy. Now Tyler's the spicy boy. Spicy. I'm also big time loot. You still got one. Do you want your last one? Yeah, give it to me. We can't not do it. Hold on, it's loading. I don't know why Even it's being a dick. But... Oh, you'll get this one. Oh, yeah, finally one I'll get. Negate. I think I got negate before, didn't I? It's one in a blue. Yeah, you've definitely gotten it before. Hell yes, yeah. Yes, it is one in a blue. And it counters target non-creature spells. And it... Nailed it! You nailed it. Did I get double the points because I got everything about the card? You didn't get the the set or the flavor tech. Oh, what if I get the set? Can I get an extra point? You know what? Yeah, we'll double or nothing this bitch. Okay, cool. Uh, well, because it's already nothing, so it's literally just double for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to guess this is the one from uh, M11. Final answer? Yes. Really close, M15. Shit! <laughs> God, it only has like 100 printings. Yeah, I know, right? That really wasn't much of a good... Just good imagine if I would have got that. That would have been impressive. That would have been the most electric moment in Fetch and Shock history. Uh, no, not more electric when the Canadian came in. Okay, that's fair. I, I'll give you that. All right, so you lose and you suck forever. That's true. You have to draft, draft triple Abnakin Restored forever. No, <laughs> oh, that format sucks. All right, so I get the shout out for the week. My shout out is Josh Kraus on Twitter. Many are like, oh, who the fuck's that? This is the original MTG art guy. Oh, yeah. Specifically, um, he's been promoting the Foglio portfolio on Kickstarter. Uh, so go check that out. I actually just retweeted it. So if you go to my Twitter, you'll see it'll be at the top where you yeah. can get some uh, Mistress Factory, the winter edition prints or playmats along with some other stuff. Well, also, he, he did also workshop, right? Artist. He did Measure's Workshop is his other big name heavy and, hitter. Um, He also did 
the best art for Swords of Plowshares, too. Yeah, the Ice Sage. The Dove, Swords of Plowshares. Definitely not the best art, but sure. Oh, that's 100% the best Swords of Plowshares art. It's not close. But you can find uh, John on Twitter at OriginalMTGArt. Uh, so go check him out. Uh, they also have, he also has a website, uh, MTG Original Art. Original MTG Art, I think it is. It's Original Magic Art. Original Magic website. Art. Uh, yeah. And you there, he has tons of stuff up there. Oh my so goodness. You, yeah, the Original like, Magic Art store is awesome. Like there's, uh, there's great prints. There's great resources to get like play mats and stuff. There's so many cool things. Yeah, so go check him out. Yeah, that's a great shout out. And it fits into the uh, last week's question. Yeah, a little bit of artsy. A little bit of crossover action there. Absolutely. Gotta love that. All right, dude. Wow. What an episode. It is a good one. Well, Matt, do you have any closing thoughts for this week? Nope. None. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'm hoping we get to do this again next week. If, we, we if we're all locked into our, uh, our, our homes, our residences, uh, then we'll Garrett will not have anything else to do. So we might as well just do like a hundred podcasts next week and stream everything. Yeah. Oh, that's see, I, if, if we end up doing, if we end up going into a state of national emergency and in that state of national emergency, wizards is kind enough to give us vintage cube. You better bet. There's going to be some going on. We getting some of that streaming going. Oh, hell yeah. So in the case of emergency, break glass, release vintage cube, do it up. Yep. Can't wait for that. So, mate, Matt, next time I talk to you, we might have coronavirus. We might not. Yeah, let's hopefully not. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, let's try not to do that. Well, regardless, we will see you later, nerds! Peace.